Hello, and welcome to Mornings with Joel, commercial real estate podcast, where we focus on rising stars and established players in commercial real estate and talk to them about how they are building legacies in today's marketplace. So good morning. We'd like to welcome all to Mornings with Joel, CRE podcast. We're very happy today to have a good friend of us nationally, Cephalus. And um, now I always mispronounce your last name. So did it's I get it right that time? It's spelled like Cephalus, but it's Cephas. Cephas. Okay. Yep, yep. I apologize mm-hmm. about that. But we're very, very happy to have you here today. And we're excited that you were able to, to join us. This is uh, <clears throat> a little interesting because it's out of our norm. You know, as we know, we generally have, you know, these real estate folks that are on the call. This is a CRE, commercial real estate podcast. I wanted to have you on though. And the reason why is because your work has been beyond just real estate. It's been more expansive. And I thought that was pretty exciting. So uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about that. For y'all who don't know, uh, Nashley is working on a large project in Mississippi right now. But before we we get to that, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Because um, you actually don't have a background in real estate. How'd you how'd you get going and get into the work that you're doing right now? Yeah, so it, it's been it's been quite a journey. So I'm uh, born and raised in Jackson, Mississippi. I work and live in Atlanta, Georgia now, and I've been here for maybe like past 13 years or so, on and off mostly here. And then um, my day job is uh, I work at Amazon. I'm an applied scientist. And a tech evangelist there. I'm actually a tech evangelist. I just got promoted. I keep forgetting. But yeah, so I'm a tech evangelist at AWS, Amazon Web Services, artificial intelligence team, focusing on fairness and um, biases in our AI technologies. Things like face recognition and speech recognition and just want to understand, you know, are we... Uh, putting forth our best efforts to make sure that our technology is fair across all ethnicities, um, gender, ages, backgrounds, et cetera. And so that's my that's my full time job on the side, as my sister says. And I have uh, my passion projects. Uh, one, I started a nonprofit called The Bean Path in Jackson, Mississippi, back in 2018. where We do free tech help for people. So being a tech uh, expert. I've always wanted to bring that expertise and that those opportunities back home. Um, and that's how the development came about, really um, wanted to scale, wanting to scale that work and really make a presence and, and say, hey, we the South, you know, they say the South's got something to say. You know, we have brilliant people here. We just they just need those opportunities, um, specifically when it comes to technology and technical expertise. And so I did you know, want to do do that and um, have that opportunity. And so that brings us to the Jackson Tech Hub, Jackson Tech District that I'm developing, which is 14 well, acres. That, well, hold on before we, before we go into that, because I, I definitely want to discuss that in detail. I just want to... Oh, so let, okay, so let, let me back up a little bit. Okay. The, one of the reasons why I have, have some, some capital to do these type of things, these type of projects, is that I was the CTO of a startup company based in Atlanta back in 2013. We ended up selling that company to Amazon. Uh, We got acquired back in 2016. And so when that happened, of course, uh, I was fortunate. I had had shares and a stakeholder. I was was a chief technology officer in the company. It was called Park Pick. So we created algorithms that let you take a picture of something 
and you recognize it and specifically for parts, replacement parts like screws, nuts, bolts, washers. And um, if you use the Amazon shopping app today, there's actually um, some of that technology that's still in there where it allows you to click on the camera button when you're in the app and point it at something and it'll try to recognize it so you can buy even more stuff on Amazon. <laughs> so yeah, basically um, I went to undergrad in Mississippi State University in computer engineering and then grad school, got my PhD at Georgia Tech in Atlanta in computer engineering. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah, because it you're obviously on this path where you create this phenomenal product three years, you go from ground zero to sale of your company to Amazon. I mean, that's about as impressive as it can get, you know, to happen in such a short window. I think I've been trying to get my startup just off the ground for the last three years, but that's a whole nother yeah, story. It's, 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 a, it's a tough journey, man. It's a tough journey. Yeah. And you got to yeah. spend a lot of time in it too, to, to get it going. Mm-hmm. So you go from that, you wind up selling the business. Obviously Amazon felt good enough about you to make you an offer to, uh, to bring you on. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're working now in, in AI uh, at Amazon, you know, but you decided to get into real estate as well. You know, obviously you've developed a passion there. So tell us a little bit about this, this project in Mississippi you were talking about and uh, how that all kind of came about. It is basically a 14, we're now at 14 acres, eight buildings. I think it's over 700,000 square feet of buildings and and land. Mm -hmm. And it is located in the downtown Jackson, Mississippi area located between the Central Business District and HBCU, Jackson State University. And this area has been pretty much abandoned a majority of my life. And uh, I remember passing by this one particular building. It was a 17,000 square foot barn building, a barn silo, Mm -hmm. and um, had a red tin top on it. And I always thought that was the coolest building. And so uh, knowing that, you know, one, I always hear that the wealthy own real estate. So I have maybe I have a couple of student rentals back in near Mississippi State where I went to undergrad. I've had uh, homes as well in in Mississippi as well as Atlanta. But something about the real estate, uh, commercial real estate attracted me. And I wanted to make sure that I put my money, you know, in something that would uh, produce more equity for me so I can continue doing even more projects. And then what better way than to combine that with wanted to expose others to technology. I have, I don't know if it's possible for me to share my screen, uh, Joel, and I can show something. So, and I don't think you've seen this yet, Joel, so this will be good. I can, I can update you while I'm doing this too. Yeah. It's asking me. In the back of my mind, it'd be great if you had some visuals of what you were talking about. So that's great if you can. All right. So these are just some renderings. Um, We're calling it the Jackson Tech District. I have an example, actually, and, and don't laugh at all my tabs, please. I got a lot of them I know. But um, <laughs> talk about that every time we get on the phone, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to to kind of give you all an example of these are these are some older renderings of the current space and how it looks. I wanted to show you kind of how this area currently looks, just from an overhead view. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see if we go here, learn more. At the time that was 12 acres, but um we're now updated. So this is the area as it stands now. So that's the barn that I was talking about. This is the downtown Jackson area. So to give you even an idea, so the, the main street of downtown is Capitol Street. 
Um, it goes straight through the center all the way to the Capitol building, the old Capitol building, which is, you know, kind of like a, a main area. Um, and so along this entire area here, federal building, bus station, train station. I mentioned if you keep going back this way, Jackson State, you'll run into Jackson State University. And so uh, basically this white outline box is, shows most of the area where I've acquired, including this building that we added and these two acres over here to the left. We have uh, currently eight buildings, both sides of this street. This street is, after we did our market study, we showed that this street, which is called North Gallatin Street, is actually the second most busiest street in all the downtown area. We're also showing that it is all in an opportunity zone. And this area is very much so eligible for TIFs, uh, like to get tax credits with the city. Also, new market tax credits um, are eligible because of the, the surrounding community and the demographics of people that are in that area, mostly lower to middle income. You also have uh, a lot of college students. So we're wanting to bring those younger folks back to the downtown area and give them affordable places, some affordable places to live and also live, work, play, some retail, some restaurants. Of course, the tech training and skills and also bringing in other companies into this area. And so we have... Um, been in talks with companies like Microsoft, IBM, Netflix, Airbnb. They gave us a sponsorship. Acer gave us a sponsorship, the computer company as well, for our nonprofit, The Bean Path, and donated all this equipment. Mm -hmm. um, we also got, it's a national laboratory called Argonne National Laboratory, which is up in the Chicago area. They're even wanting to put like a location here, like an Argonne National Laboratory South. And so the reaction and the support based on, we, we've had a great Great PR cycles, article featured in Inc. Magazine, as well as Black Enterprise, uh, featured on CNN and a few other um, places that a lot of people, a lot of interest, a lot of support has come my way from large banks like J.P. Morgan Chase and Goldman Sachs to smaller community uh, CDFI banks in the area. And so let me switch back over to our render. So you saw what it currently looks like really just old and old industrial area to some of these renderings here. And so just kind of explain some of the vision and things that I've already kind of explained. We talk about some of the demographics there. Ironically, uh, Mississippi, well, not really ironically, but Mississippi was kind of like Atlanta um, and, and Georgia, where you have a lot of times the, the red uh, is considered a red state, even though studies show that it's actually a purple state, just like Georgia was before this past uh, presidential election. And so we were pretty much open during COVID. We anticipate, you know, people are getting back out. Um, I'm hoping to go on vacation sometime soon. I'm hoping and praying that could happen. But our development plans are we're basically operating out of a temporary building for the bean path. We've got a few tenants that are coming, going to occupy the space. We're doing events as well as uh, festivals and things. Uh, we have planned to start generating some revenue. Like a, we also have a, a rummage sale we're doing. One of the buildings was an old storage building, had all kinds of antiques and things in there. So we're, we're going to be selling that and giving those things away. But we're scheduled to finish phase one here, which is around fall of 20 of next year, actually. So these uh, it doesn't show 2022, but we're going to start phase one this fall and finish it um, by fall of next year. And so 
what do those different phases consist of? Well, as I mentioned, we want to transform this whole space into uh, pretty much like a campus, so like a tech district campus. And so we'll have several apartment buildings. Um, we have an event center, the innovation station, that's the nonprofit side. So we have some funding from, uh, you know, we want to go after foundation funding. So Kellogg Foundation has uh, shown interest in giving us money. We also have some grant funding already from the city to operate for the bean path to operate in that building. We proposed and had some RFPs from potential grocery store occupants and operators. Um, And of course, we're going to do a parking garage because this this is quite a bit of space, a lot of people in these buildings over here. And so Building number 10 is is actually the parking garage across the street. This is where two smaller buildings were that we're going to actually tear down. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, pretty much building seven, five, uh, one, and three are are additional residential buildings. Four, nine, they're they're commercial, eight's a restaurant, nine's the venue space, kind of like the marquee of everything. You'll notice these uh, different lawns. Um, the idea is to be able to have like a festival where you can have multiple stages. If those of you are familiar with, you know, the, the Jazz Fest in um, Atlanta and Piedmont Park, uh, where they have multiple stages, um, even shutting down this street, Gallatin Street, blocking it off. Um, the city's been very cooperative with us and and this isn't just me by the way I have a whole team of folks helping me do a lot of this but overall I want to skip down here to some close-ups of the rendering so if you remember the the picture I was showing before here uh, so you can kind of see where where we are to get your an idea of what, what is to come so there's the barn there's the storage building this is the small building we're temporarily operating out of and so Again, you have the barn, the storage building is up here. That temporary building is, is back over here. And so it looks totally different. You got green space now. You have really utilizing that creek. The building actually goes over the creek. That's currently how it's set up. One of the things that I really like about the unique, unique parts of the uh, development. Here's some of the renderings of like the South Lawn area mm-hmm. uh, where you can have people hanging out. You think about innovation and development, people from coding to maker spaces to co-working spaces and, and training skills, workforce development. It'll be it's nice to have uh, outdoor space where you can go and take a break or go for a walk and also making it a safe, open space where, you know, you won't be afraid to go through at night. Very well lit. We're at the stage now where we're we're, we're evaluating different RFPs for different um, architects to work on the inside development, uh, uh, inside renderings and sketches of these buildings. We currently only have the out the outer area. Mm-hmm. You'll notice, too, like some parallel parking that does not exist right now um, along that street. Um, we're actually very excited about turning this street to a much slow to slowing down the traffic. Mostly you see people flying through. Mm -hmm. And if it's a pedestrian area, you want to do things that will make sure that people feel safe crossing the street. Uh, Again, just more residential with retail at the bottom. Um, Lots of opportunities to bring in, you know, things like exercise classes and another type of retail. Water, uh, fountains. We'll be doing some crowdfunding campaign. We're actually getting ready to start our fundraising rounds now. Um, And Joe working with you, of course, setting up the fund. And um, we have things that we can get the community involved. We're getting ready to do a, a big study on getting uh, different different partners involved and, 
you know, for example, putting your name on a brick that may go along the walkway. So those type of things, starting to plan that out. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. These are some of our partners who work uh, working with on the team. JBHM Architects have done the site planning and master planning so far. Uh, Dunn Harden, he's our construction manager, owner's rep. Um, he did the Music City Center, his firm um, in Nashville. He's based in Nashville. Um, and then we have a few other folks we're working with, but that's pretty much everything in a nutshell. So yeah, it took a it took a while to get to this point, but I, I know we still got a ways to go. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's it's exciting. Um, you know, obviously we've been talking about this from the very beginning, so I'm excited to uh, to see the growth and and a lot of teammates that you brought together to pull this together. And uh, you're right, those are renderings that I hadn't been brought up to speed with. So I look forward to getting my copy of them so I can review them. Yeah. And uh, and then we'll talk more about the uh, the capital and, and everything else offline. But uh, let me open it up uh, for our, our guests here today. Um, if there was any uh, questions or anything else you wanted to ask, uh, Nashley, uh, go ahead and Jerry, I see you unmuted yourself, feel free. Yeah, because I'm sitting over here, you know, chomping at the bit. Jill knows either I'm quiet and sitting on the sidelines or I'm like, oh, my <laughs> goodness. And I got a thousand questions. Uh, Nashley, let me just not step over like when you just talked about who you were in the world of contribution and technology. What I want to say is, one, you're an inspiration. And two, express my gratitude for your courage, your excitement and you're trailblazing in your field. Uh, it's phenomenal. And I just don't want to step over that and your accomplishments with your uh, startup and with Amazon, just hands down, thank you. Then we move on to this whole project, <laughs> which I'm like, holy cow. Um, it's just it's just great. It's phenomenal. You know, not that you need my encouragement, but you got it. I'm you know, extremely proud of what you've already done. I don't even know you, uh, but Joel has mentioned you quite a bit and um, thankful to hear about this. It's just it's just really, really great. Um, one of the Thank things you. that Joel has been working with me and coaching me into working with the city on development projects, not nearly this big, but um, you have given me new aspirations. Awesome. Awesome. That's that's what it's all about. So thank you so much for that. And I and I will say that like probably when when Joel saw the renderings, we were at a twenty five million dollar development. And then my development partners, uh, NAO partners, their trusted colleagues and, and mentors, um, they said, yeah, this doesn't match you like this is OK. But when you said when you tell your story and we look at this, we're like, hmm. So we want to make sure this development matches who you are and what you've accomplished. And so um, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so speaking of that, so the team that you are working with, like how big is your team? How did you kind of start to put that team together? Do you mind talking about that a little bit? Yeah. So on, so I have a team on the development side. I have a team that's like maintenance and boots on the ground. Um, maintaining day-to-day operations like security, uh, helping to clean out the buildings, things like that, getting utilities turned on and and starting to get things installed. Uh, And then there's also the Bean Path, my nonprofit team that's been in operation since like 2018 um, and continuing to get grants there so that we can act, so that we can occupy one of these buildings and, and be sustainable, profitable to where we don't have to worry about 
always trying to raise grants. And so my development team, which probably is most relevant here, is the main uh, uh, core of the team involves, and well, this to myself as a developer, I was I was going 90 miles an hour, spending my own money, and then it was like, <laughs> stop. <laughs> Oh, mm-hmm. uh, you should. And I know Joel's been telling me this too. Um, <laughs> but I, at, at a certain point, you know, if things weren't moving, I had to make them move. And so I had to get to a certain point before people start believing that this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you got the governor and of Mississippi calling me and stuff like that. Like, okay, what you doing down there? You know, and now everybody's interested and in leaning in at least. But this, this kind of all started with a guy named D'Angelo's who, his uh, colleague, a guy named Carlton Brown, apparently is from Mississippi, but he was a big developer in Harlem. He worked for him. He interned for him. And he he actually went to Jackson State, um, D'Angelo's. And so he caught wind of what I was doing via the press and um, reached out through a colleague. And he was like, I just want to, you know, help. Um, I can I can provide some some advice, be an advisor. And so that started like in the fall of last year up until the point where he was like, I think you need somebody in your corner a little bit more formally. And I agreed to bring them onto the team because it wasn't like I wanted to be the developer, really the sole developer ever for this project. I was, I looked for people high and low. Uh, No one wanted to touch Mississippi. No one wanted to uh, work with me. They didn't believe in the project and they didn't think it was going to happen. Or they just didn't know what I was talking about when I said tech hub, like tech hub, what is that? You know, in Mississippi, why do that? Why do that there? You're crazy. Um, but you know, you gotta be a little crazy to do stuff like this. So, um, I think <laughs> he, he crazy. Believed, right, right. He believed in me and, um, we, he was giving me so much great advice. And I was like, you could definitely tell the difference between an experienced developer versus just, you know, some other person. And so I, I definitely saw the value in bringing him on. That's where it all started. Then he was like, okay, you might want to get the construction manager. You need to get a, you know, general contractor. You need to get this person, the architects I had been working with. Um, he was like, well, let's, let's pump the brakes slightly on them because they're good at this, but they may not be as good in X, Y, and Z. You, you should, send an RFP out to get some more input and, and advice on those things. And so all these things are just like, I'm just learning so much. And I think, you know, once I do, I think I'll probably make it my initiative to teach others as well. So please add me to that list. <laughs> that initiative. Okay. So uh, you spoke a little bit about the city and the government assistance and participation did bringing on those um, advisors kind of help with that? Or when did that kind of kick in for you? I think the story, my story helped out a lot. Um, you, can, you can usually get some some believers based on what I was, what I have been able to accomplish. And so the city of Jackson was probably definitely more so uh, believers much more sooner than the, the state and at the state and federal level. But I now have contacts, like, for example, our lawyer, Butler Snow, they're doing pro bono for this work. And they're very well connected, uh, for example, with the governor's office. So they started putting, you know, books in people's ears. And and the more I expand my team and my network, the more people start to buy in and and believe and, and, you know, offer assistance. And so it really was like work your network, like literally. And so especially now with the fundraising, uh, some things come really easy, like, have a conversation with Amazon about now no one at Amazon, you know, really cared about this until they started seeing 
these articles and things like, oh, okay, let me know how we can help. And now they're doing things like matching donations and providing teacher training courses and things like that, even really close to making it a deal where they can actually occupy one of the buildings um, as office space or at least one of the floors. And so it's like all these conversations that I'm having and I'm, I'm an introvert, so it's, I get a little tired of sometimes of talking, but it's been a lot of support across across the board now. And you say that really just came from creating some of that press. The press was huge. The national press, I think that was even huge to get the buy-in from the city. Because because you think about it, if I'm looking at it from their perspective, you probably got 10 people like me a year saying they're going to do something like this and it never happens, uh, which I get. I get that. That's just extra, you know, extra stamps, extra receipts to say that, OK, this person it may be serious. Got it. Got it. Okay, awesome. I will give Sharita, oh, she, she dropped off. I'll give Uriah a chance to jump in here, but I yeah, I can keep this rolling for another half hour just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, go ahead, Uriah. Good morning. Yeah, this cool. is an amazing story. I echo everything that Jerry just, just stated. And also, it's even more amazing to see a fellow Yellow Jacket. Um, oh, nice. down MBA. I actually just looked you up on LinkedIn and see that we have a lot of uh, shared associates. So okay, definitely be reaching out to you on LinkedIn. But um, I was curious yeah, yeah. to know if you can shed some light on. I'm also new to commercial real estate, and I'm very interested to know how you went about managing your your daytime gig with managing this amazing project. Because you're still with Amazon, correct? Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, <laughs> but you know what? My um, my manager um, and I just had a conversation with him and her, and they were being very supportive about you know, hey, I may I need to be a little bit more flexible with my schedule. I need to take some leave because um, I'm working on knocking this stuff out, you know, for these couple of weeks, and you know, and they they've been very supportive there. So I think. And that could easily not be the case depending on what team I'm on, right? Because some it's either hit or miss. Uh, that's just how it is at some of these large corporations. But fortunately, I'm in a good situation. Even my new role re- requires less, you know, less meetings and less like hardcore deliverables. I'm more so um, advising now, um, technical advisor across the company, and also not really having to manage any people. Uh, which is great, which I love that. I used to manage 10 people, uh, so I don't have to worry about any of those uh, mental woes anymore. And so um, it just all worked out. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. And then if you don't mind, I'm, I'm also curious on a couple more things. If you could provide some insight around how you manage the initial, I guess, financing slash funding. I know you say you were coming out of pocket quite a bit. And, you know, as a newbie, Oftentimes, I believe that, you know, you definitely have to demonstrate your willingness to invest in whatever you're trying to create. Curious to know how you went about managing that. And then on the second question is around the Opportunity Zone piece. Uh, We were actually just speaking about that right when you came on board. Uh, It's something that I'm very interested in learning more about Uh, all throughout Atlanta. There's so many areas of Opportunity Zones, and I'm just kind of curious to know how you are navigating that piece and even if you could provide some 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 key insights around leveraging opportunities on into this project yeah yeah so um and i'm I'm still a newbie too you know don't <laughs> don't let it fool you now i'm still <laughs> learning too but I'm, I'm learning about the different types of capital um and the cost of money and also um 
you know, prioritizing things because um, I could easily, you know, get overwhelmed because it's, it's literally like 500 people I need to reach out to between now and the next month or two. And I'm like, how is, how is this going to happen? And so, uh, you know, get a team, figure out a strategy. What's the top priority, folks? Um, when you talk about opportunity zones, opportunity funds, you know, if I can close PRIs, like program-related investments from a foundation over or some grants over an opportunity fund, uh, which is, you know, more so likely it's going to be a higher interest rate, uh, higher cost of money, maybe not as big of a social or economic impact, then I'm going to take this capital over that capital. And so it's all about strategizing and coming up with a plan to, as they say, to get to the nose first, um, get the nose out the way so that you know who your potential yeses are. That's that's kind of how I've learned how to do it. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Well, really good. Really good. So, yeah, this is uh, it's, it's quite a project, you know, as, as you already know. I'm kind of laughing about the fact internally that... Uh, you know, we had all these conversations earlier on and, and to a degree, I was like, OK, Nash, so you got 50,000 things coming from 50 different areas. We got to kind of stop and coordinate this and put some type of structure in place. You know, so I, I obviously I wasn't the only one saying that, <laughs> but, yep. but yep. It's, uh, it's all coming together very, very nicely. You know, we're happy to, to play our role in, in trying to help this come together. And it's it's very exciting, you know, what's what's being done there and, and whatnot. So. Uh, we're, we're happy to be part of it. It's, it's an exciting time. And uh, one thing about uh, uh, Jackson, you know, this will really help put them on the map. Uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of activity or excitement about anything in Jackson for the most part. And so uh, to, to put it on the map and, and make something happen here in an area that has been known as being uh, anti-minority friendly uh, mm -hmm. is, is a big thing as well. I guess that's a nice politically correct way to say it. So yeah, um, we're really, really happy about that. And we certainly appreciate your time, you know, sharing those details. And I know I got a couple of texts from you that I still got to return. So I'll make sure I get back to you with those things. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, you're good. Um, sure. I will say that we, we were happy to get to land Deion Sanders as a head coach for uh, Jackson State. Okay. Um, so we're, we're looking forward to that uh, football in the fall. But yeah, so. Okay, cool. Make sure he supports your project too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Um, we, we, I think we got a couple of meetings set up. So yeah. And Nash, are you able to share that presentation, or is that still like confidential? The um, the layout and the the renderings and I, I can, I can share it. Um, because there, there isn't like a lot of like private confidential information here. I can share. This is more like a brochure. We we can definitely share this with you. So I can um send it to Joel and he could probably get it out to you. Yeah. yeah we'll be grateful for that. Correct. Thank you. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll certainly make that happen. So all right. Anything else you want to add, uh Nashley, as we we wrap up for today? This good. I'm glad I had a chance to uh meet. It was I have a standing meeting Monday, so it was kind of hard, but uh, I'm glad we had finally made it happen. So thank you all for for listening in and and um feel free to reach out, share my contact information uh as well. So please do. You are definitely worth waiting for every single moment. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, well, all right, y'all. Yeah, well, this have is the the mornings with Joel CRE podcast. We're very happy to have you here today. We had Nashley. Cephas with us, and uh, we're really excited about her progress, and we certainly look forward to you uh, being back with us next week as we continue our discussions in the land of commercial real estate. So as always, thanks again. Nashley, again, it's been a great pleasure, and to all of our guests, thank you so much, 
And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next week. You've been listening to Mornings with Joel, commercial real estate podcast, where we focus on rising stars and established players in commercial real estate and talk to them about how they are building legacies in today's marketplace. Please check back weekly to hear our upcoming guests.